0: We have officially entered the dog days of summer. It's late July. The NBA season of 21-22 is clearly in the rearview mirror. The draft is over. For the most part, free agency is over. Although there's one big name still out there that we're all waiting to see if the Phoenix Suns can land. But we've now kind of entered the dog days. No summer league basketball to talk about. Not like we were going to talk about it anyways. No preseason schedule that we want to break down quite yet. Matthew, it's kind of the most boring time in the basketball year, right? There's like a one and a half month segment of the entire 12 months of this of a year. That's kind of boring. And
1: we've kind of hit that that time, right? We have. I think the NBA, though, is year round now. So. We have a few things like the signing, the extension of Monty, but mm-hmm. usually there's always things going on. So I feel like next week some stuff will start to kick off. I think everyone's really waiting for the KD trade, right? Or the, yeah. the signing for KD or the trade, whatever's gonna happen with whatever team gets up, which will be the Suns probably. But once that happens, then I think a lot more will start to fall in the NBA. A lot of a lot of headliners we can go over.
0: Yeah, I just I'm with you. You know, everyone's kind of waiting on KD, and typically basketball. And one of the reasons we love basketball is it is a year round uh, happening. But when you hit late July, early August, it's just kind of boring. There's not a lot of stuff to talk about. Not a lot of things to write about for bright side of the sun, but there's the beauty of it is there is some things to talk about. So as you mentioned, you know, we're going to break down some of those things from Monty's extension to some of my thoughts on the Kevin Durant trade or, or, or not trading for Kevin Durant. What? Teaser. And then, of course, Matthew, break it <laughs> down the bracket of 64, where as we navigate the dog days of summer, we talk about the 64 greatest moments from the 64 win 2021-22 uh, Phoenix Suns and determine what was the best moment of last year. Why? Because now's the time to do that because there ain't shit else to talk about, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's difficult for a lot of Suns fans to think, you know what? I don't want to look back on that season. The ending sucked, but... When I'm going through it and we're just looking at it, it's kind of it's kind of fun now. It's like oh, these are actually a lot of good moments and they bring tears in my eyes, they make me laugh, they make me smile, and uh it's it's fun. So it's something to interact with the jamsters. And of course, we have to break down those new cardinals helmets too later, right? We have to give our thoughts about that. Yeah, man. I already <laughs> got ratioed
0: on Twitter for that. Like today's the hey, day of me getting ratioed with, on Twitter. I'm with you, man. I'm with
1: you. I'm not <laughs> the biggest fan either. So we can talk yeah. about that too, right?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely bring that up at the back end of this podcast, because okay. I have a couple thoughts on that. And again, people were like mad at me on Twitter because I, I had a take on it that didn't align with theirs. Therefore, <laughs> I am yeah. the devil. But welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And you can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lissy. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're consuming this content. If you're listening to this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Don't just click five stars. Leave a review. Say pumpernickel turtle dick, and we'll say it right here on the (laughs) the podcast. If that's what you write under your five-star, your review will read it. And if you're on Spotify, give us a five-star review as well. Uh, It's time to pop open something cold. I've got a Marley Mellow Mood... Let's see if I get this right there. Uh, CBD-infused peach raspberry beverage. Let me say that again. That is a Marley Mellow Mood peach raspberry CBD-infused tea. It is delicious. (laughs) Looking forward to drinking this one on the pod. Matthew, what are you pounding over there?
1: I got some water. I had a diet Dr. Pepper earlier, but now it's time for some water before bed.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, I'm going to have a little (laughs) CBD beforehand. Pop them if you got them, Jamsters. And let's talk about the off-season goings-ons of your Phoenix Suns. Cheers. <music> So the first major thing that kind of happened this week was the extension of one Monty Williams. Now, while the exact details has not been made public, it was reported by ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that the Suns and Monty Williams have reached a deal for a long-term contract extension. I know it's probably a redundant question to ask you, Matthew, but I'll ask you anyway. What were your thoughts when you heard that news?
1: Um, I wasn't shocked. I was. It, it's kind of weird for a Suns team to really keep um this organization together with young talent, their coaches, and the GM. Like we're just we're continuing on. You know, a hard ending to last year. Yeah. You might think, hey, we might switch it up, make some big trades. I know the KD thing is coming, and Mikael might be involved. Who knows? But I doubt he will be. It's just it's weird for the Suns to really have that young talent, kind of like the Golden State Warriors did. And the Golden State Warriors won fairly kind of quickly with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the Suns, you know, it's taking some, it's tanger, taking longer strides, but the Suns are being very patient. You know, McHale's re-signed, Aiton's re-signed, um, Booker got that big extension, and now Monty. Of course, one of our favorite coaches, one of my favorite coaches, the the Suns, probably the, my favorite. Um, I don't know. It depends how many times we get burnt out in the playoffs. If I'm going to think like he's more like Mike D'Antoni, but I love I love Monty. I love James Jones. I hope they stick together. The two year, um, I guess it's around a couple years extended. It's not really any there's no there's no specifics right on it yet. So I'm just thinking the two years, it kind of matches where KD's at in his ex in his um his his contract with the four years. So he has two years left and then two more or so years. So it kind of matches up to where KD's at. So I'm not saying that's the reason why. But it's nice to kind of get that done with, and then you can just move on because everyone else, all the young core, they're all extended. So now we can just focus on the future and try to get those championships, man. I, I'm excited to have Monty back, man. I don't think anybody else that's a Suns fan is upset about it.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's very well said, my friend. I think it really is. You know, it's after a devastating loss and end to an amazing season for the Phoenix Suns, you're crushed a little bit inside. And you kind of go, okay, well, how do we pick up the pieces and move forward? And one thing that James Jones, a general manager who himself received an extension this past January, one thing that he did was fortify this team and the assets of this team relative to the Devin Booker extension, uh, spending 90 seconds to match the offer by the Indiana Pacers for DeAndre Eaton, and now extending Monty Williams. Uh, Monty Williams is on the third year of of five of his initial contract that he he signed with the team back in 2019. And I think it's nice to you. You you were about a year away from any conversations about, okay, well, what's the status of Monty Williams, especially given the fact that he's foreseen one of the most successful three season runs in the history of the Phoenix Suns organization. Uh, Only Paul Westfall has had a higher winning percentage in the regular season than Monty Williams, and he did that for his four years that he coached in the mid-90s. So Monty Williams, in his three years, is is right behind Paul Westfall. To your point, he's one of the most highly successful coaches in the Phoenix Suns organizational history, and we're not even going to allow it to get to that point. Like, Of all of the things that have occurred since James Jones took over for the Phoenix Suns, there's two things that could be questioned. And that was his decision not to uh, extend the rookie contract of Jalen Smith simply because that's an asset and that's a number 10 overall pick. And it was the decision not to extend the rookie max contract to DeAndre Ayton. As we've seen, the reason for not extending the rookie max to DeAndre Ayton is actually something that's going to be beneficial for the Suns in the long term. And the Jalen Smith decision is still kind of one of those ones where I think we can all agree James Jones didn't play that one. Right. But every other decision has been, has been spot on, has been justified. And I think the extension of Monty Williams is just another example of that. It's not, we're not even going to get close to the, well, what's up with Monty? Like, are we going to be extending him? Like how much money who's going to be picking up the phone and calling about <laughs> Monty Williams? It's not going to happen. Like Monty Williams will continue to be this coach potentially as, as you mentioned, through the duration of a kevin durant durant contract <laughs> if he ends up coming here right yeah
1: yeah you know I'm, I'm sure kevin durant he asked the sons make sure you take care of that no distractions <laughs> the next four years let's get three or four of these championships and uh monty's just he's absolutely learned it And i think there's a few things we've always kind of criticized him about but he's been kind of quiet on that end where we don't criticize him like a deandre and deandre and his his contract situation, of course, went up to the last available moment until they had to resign him. Monty's one of those guys, just like a Devin Booker, where you just want to take care of it. You don't want the yeah. distractions going forward. You have this young team. You want the free agents to know you got something stable here, um, where other teams might draft a good player. They might have these two or three year veterans like a Shea Gilders and Alexander that you know just they want out of the situation of a rebuild, and then they see a team like the Suns mm-hmm. and they're. I don't I just I don't remember when it was like this where the Suns are just, you know, they're they're making stable. the right decisions, the right moves, and they're just yeah, exactly. They're just stable. And it's something that I'm just I'm not used to yet. And I think last year we kind of got spoiled a little bit. The year before, I mean that. I mean the year before we got spoiled a little bit going to the finals, right? Now we expect that all the time. And that's what this franchise expects out of all the players and all the coaches. And they know they're gonna get the best from Monty. And that's what's really awesome, is like I feel like he has he can still grow a little bit as a coach, but he's on the right path to be one of the best coaches in the franchise history. 100%.
0: And you know, stable is something that we haven't experienced as Suns fans probably since the mid 2000s, and even then it wasn't as stable as we probably would have liked it to be. You know, I think back to the 04-05 Suns and how they kind of blew it up. They they lost two of their five starters going into the next season after an amazing run and you know, that kind of set a precedent of for anybody involved saying, Hey, like you come to Phoenix, like we, you might not get paid and we <laughs> might, you know, you know, Joe, yeah. the whole Joe Johnson situation. It's like, yeah, hey, we no. might not pay you. I you really, know, whereas, yeah. whereas now like with the money extension, with DA getting paid with Devin Booker getting the max. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's setting a message out to the rest of the team to your point, anybody who's in an unhappy situation, a la Kevin Durant, they're going to point their eyes towards Phoenix and go, I want to be a part of that. There's a stabling factor that is there that is present in Phoenix. And I want to be a part of what they're building there, which kind of brings us into the the next topic of conversation. And that is the Katie situation. This is the topic of the summer. And it reminds me, Matthew remember the whole LaMarcus Aldridge thing, you know, years (laughs) ago, like 2015, 16, somewhere right in there. Mm -hmm. And how, how, I know you and I used to have conversations. We really wanted Lamarcus Aldridge, and the Suns did too. They unfurled the banner in downtown Phoenix. And yeah. then like July 4th weekend, he signed with the Spurs and it was just like over, right?
1: Yeah. Like and the- I but he was just close to the trainer. Like I think there was a trainer on our staff that he was close to or something. Yeah. That was the only connection that we had with Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, this is a little bit different, I think. I think Katie, he said he wants to be here. He's not Blake Griffin saying I love Scottsdale. Yes. Katie's. Katie yes. said that he wants to play with Booker.
0: Yes. And he loves Coach Monty Williams. So, yeah, he's very specific. And the opposite of the whole Marcus Soldiers thing is the fact that rather than it, it just, you know, our hearts being torn out right away, it's just been this slow burn through the month of the July. And it's this, we know it's going to be a slow burn that continues to be yeah. a topic of conversation for the remainder of the summer. And it might even go into the regular season because, you know, let's face it, the Brooklyn's net the The Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, are demanding a pirate's ransom for Kevin Durant, as well. They should. I mean, he is arguably a top fifteen player of all time. I mean, Bill Simmons has him on his pantheon ahead of Shaq, ahead of Moses Malone. You know, I mean, th- this is a, a an extremely valuable talent, and seen as he has four years left on his contract, as I mentioned on our last podcast. It's really hard, at least for me, to see a situation in which the Nets are going. Yep, that's that's the proper amount. That's exactly what we want. In and I believe that you know Kevin Durant. Yeah, you know we'll give him away for four first-round picks, three pick swaps, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges. uh, Your your Dodge Ram. uh, I need a jumbo jet. It's like they can demand (laughs) a a pirate's ransom, and obviously, I think James Jones is smart by just going. You know what? I'm not going to give up the entire franchise for Kevin Durant. We have to, there has to be lines drawn in the sand. So like, how are you feeling right now when it comes to Kevin Durant? Cause clearly for those of you who are watching the podcast, you can see Matthew has a picture of Kevin Durant up behind him on his green screen behind him as a background. So, you know, already you're already yeah. already in yes. sun's colors.
1: Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to happen for sure. I think like you said, it's going to be a long drawn out process where it's going to happen, but flex, I guess on the um coast podcast did say, mm-hmm. I'm just vaguely going over what he did say, but basically it's going to be a package where he thinks it's going to be like, Oh, that's it. And the reason I think that is possible is because, I mean, you hear it all the time with these, with these athletes, the superstars, they'll just sit out now, right? They'll sit out yeah. if they're not going to get what they want. So the Brooklyn nets, they had their three years with it. Didn't work out. Kevin Durant's not a guy where he's, you know, young and he's, Starting a franchise, he's he's the face of the franchise like a Devin Booker, where Booker can get these guys to come play with him anymore. Kevin Durant's gonna go to different teams. He's gonna pick and choose where he wants to go. Like when he went to Brooklyn, he just went there basically because it was a cool spot to go to with Kyrie Irving and later on James Harden. He chose it over the Knicks because it was the cooler place to play over the Knicks. Right now, the Suns are the cool place to play. Booker is a cool player to play with, a superstar that can play with Chris Paul. No no fussing or fighting at all that you have ever heard even with Monty Williams coming in and telling Booker like hey everything is on the other side of hard that you want. Like Booker understands what he needs to win, right? He's never complained, he's never really been a guy where, you know, Monty comes in, they have arguments. You never hear anything in the media. So Kevin Durant sees that as a sexy situation for him. And if he comes in here, and wins a championship it'll help him very very much so other if he wins with like if he were to win with Kyrie, who's already won and if he were to win with well not even ben simmons but if they got someone else or something later on on a trade deadline to help him win a championship another asterisk if he comes to phoenix it's not going to be that way it's going to be he helped booker get his first championship and chris paul so and that's the a situation that kevin in the phoenix suns that's it right <laughs> I forget which team. I think it was Kurt Warner, yeah, with the Cardinals. If they were to win the Super Bowl, I was like, Kurt Warner would be the best Super or the best quarterback ever in the history of the NFL because he won with the Cardinals. Yeah, the shitty fucking Kevin Durant wins with the Phoenix Suns. He'll go down as a top two player of all time.
0: Well, I know that everyone is excited about Kevin Durant. I know you and I are both excited. Mm. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Kevin Durant is probably my favorite player who's not a member of the Phoenix Suns. I love Kevin Durant. I love watching him play. I like the way that he attacks the game. I think that he's one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game. But everybody is almost blinded by some pretty big red flags. And I thought I would do my due diligence. And for Bright Side of the Sun, I wrote an article uh, that was titled The Reasons Why Not to Acquire Kevin Durant. And, you know, I'm starting to get a little, I'm actually not getting as ratioed on it as I thought. uh, But, You know, that being said, I still think we wouldn't be doing our due diligence as uh, members of the non-Suns media if we didn't at least talk about, you know, everybody's talking about what it would mean to have Kevin Durant here and how we could possibly win a championship. But none of that is truly guaranteed. The only thing thing that's guaranteed is his contract. And it's the contract that he just said, hey, I'm going to sign this and I want out. From the Brooklyn Nets. So, what I want to do is I'm going to go over a couple, you know, three different items that I brought up in that article. I'm going to break down one of the items, and I just want to kind of get your feedback on it and and start a conversation. Does that work? I yeah. I okay. Perfect. Well, perfect. Okay. (laughs) So, so the first thing you want to talk about when it comes to reasons why not to acquire uh, Kevin Durant, and I know this is different. Okay, every Suns podcast you're going to right now, ladies and gentlemen. It's telling you all the reasons why we should get KD, how amazing it's going to be. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session, where we do things a little bit differently. Uh, the, the first thing is is simply his age and his injury history, right? It's like it's very similar to the Chris Paul argument when I wrote a piece of, on the reasons why we shouldn't acquire Chris Paul a few years ago for Brightside. And it's <laughs> the easiest argument to make, right? And, and don't get me wrong, like Chris Paul definitely disproved that theory. He's an all-star in his first two seasons with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and he's really proven that in the NBA, age is truly just a number. The way that the players have been taking care of their bodies is better than any time in the history of the NBA. So I understand that. Uh, but also remember that Chris Paul took a shit on us twice, and it was both when we needed him the most, and that was in the playoffs. Just saying that. Uh, <laughs> whoopsies. <laughs> you know, now, now, I've, when you compare and you think about the Kevin Durant situation. I think the closest thing to mirror it is like the Anthony Davis situation, right? Like Anthony Davis was a player who had a long term contract signed, and he, and then all of a sudden he just said, "Fuck it, I don't want to play any anymore, and I want to go to the Los Angeles Lakers." And he held that team hostage until they ultimately traded him. So Kevin Durant's in a very similar situation, and we're going to see a probably a similar situation play out to to your point where you know the, the the nets don't want to have a player who's just sitting there making a ton of money and not doing anything although they already have one of those in Ben Simmons who did it last year on the on the roster but that's why potentially if a trade was to happen for Kevin Durant it would be for less than people think because they just want to get out of that bad situation the difference between KD and and AD is AD was 26 years old going on 27 when that transaction and that whole situation with the new Orleans Pelicans occurred, right? Like KD is going to be 34 years old in September. So add to the argument that he's been starting. He's been physically breaking down over the last few seasons, right? Like 2016, he had a knee injury that cost him 19 games, 2017 ankle injury, three games, 2018 strength calf, three games. No big deal. 2019. You people might not remember, but he missed nine games in the NBA playoffs due to a calf injury. And when he returned, that's when he blew out his Achilles, which cost him the entire 2020 season. He missed 37 games in 2021 with a hamstring injury. And this past season, he was, he uh, missed 21 games with a knee injury. So, you, it's got to be considered when you're adding Durant to the team. Will he be able to complete his commitment while remaining healthy enough to lead this organization to the first ever championship, Matthew?
1: You know what? I did think well, with Chris Paul, that situation, it was a little different because I just wanted someone here. Injuries are not failures are not in the playoffs. I wanted someone here to help us just go to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted with Kevin Durant. He's, he's been there, done that. He's won it all. He would have won against the Raptors. If he didn't get hurt, right. That he would have won that one too. And, For him to come to the Suns, it would mean that we're going to be ultimate, you know, right away. We're going to be finals contenders. I just think the whole injury thing is hard to think about because I don't want to really get into it too much because I just think that there are minor situations. I know the whole Achilles thing was terrible and like, yeah, he was out the whole year. That was huge. But he has adapted his game to where he is obviously a jump shooter. He can shoot from anywhere. He's seven feet tall. So it's really easy to get a shot off. But he could still be a top five player in the NBA going into next year. So you're you're automatically gonna get that. I just think it's it's different from the K or it's different from the CP3 thing just because he's already he's already won. So the Suns are going to get that. They're going to get the guy in a lot of these teams. Like if they're going to the playoffs, like the golden state warriors did this last year, the warriors, a lot of, a lot of people didn't think they would even go to the finals, right? They thought the Suns were going to go automatically. They never even thought about the warriors, but the warriors managed their injury situation so well to mm-hmm. where it worked out in the playoffs where Steph came back and they went, of course, all the way. Clay Thompson came back uh draymond was out too so i feel like the suns have to do the same thing i think we're still going to get hurt i think chris paul's gonna get hurt next year Booker will have his injuries i think it's just going to happen no matter who you have on this team going into playoffs because of the long wear and tear season you're going to have the injuries but i would rather have kevin durant on the roster with an injury like hey it's round one he's hurt sit him out you know a few games here or there sit him out until the playoffs start get him back into momentum like he's a guy that can be injured come back and be like a Kawhi Leonard where Kawhi Leonard, like everyone's scared of him coming back, right, from injury last year. If he was in that series or if he was in that game for the Clippers to go into the postseason, they probably would have won. That's the guy that Kevin Durant is. It's not like a Chris Paul where Chris Paul's hurt, he comes back. It's like, I don't know how he's going to be, right? He's older. He's a smaller point guard. Kevin Durant is just the ultimate superstar where it's like injury or not. I mean, if he is injured and he comes in and has one game left to win the series, I count on him to win that game for the Suns. That's how much I believe in this guy and why it makes sense for them just to get him.
0: And I that that's valid. That's definitely valid. You know, he is a, a top-tier talent, as we've mentioned. So, you know, ha- having him on the roster is better than not having him on the roster in both of our opinions. Uh again, the injury situation, I think that kind of plays into my next counterpoint in getting Kevin Durant isn't so much you know, his injury or the injury of other, well, it's more of the injury of other, other teammates. And that's kind of the outgoing asset counterpoint, because if you're going to make a deal to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have to lose some assets that you, that you like. And in a perfect world. Yeah. Somehow we get Kevin Durant and we don't lose Mikael bridges or Cam Johnson. That's a perfect world that like that ain't going to happen. Right. This isn't NBA 2K where we're forcing the trade, and it's just like we oh, just no. give give up a shit, <laughs> a shit ton of of draft picks. It just it doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. It just doesn't work that way, you know. So you wouldn't only be giving up players such as Mikhail and Cam, but you'd be giving up four first round picks and three first round pick swaps. So essentially, you're giving up your right to draft the best possible asset you could in the first round for nearly a decade. Okay, and pick swaps, yeah, and, and I get it. It's fine, right? Like if you get a player like Kevin Durant on your team, your draft picks in theory are going to be in the late first round. So who needs them? And we know that James Jones isn't really big on the draft. But that being said, like draft capital is still considered a valuable asset. And while the post acquiring Durant Suns, like their draft picks are not going to be high lottery picks, the possibility still does exist that they are going to be. And again, I'm talking like the 2028-29 20, Suns, and I know that I'm getting way far ahead of myself when I start having that conversation about, you know, if you're giving up all this stuff you know, you're handicapping your future, essentially, in an effort to try to win now. And again, if you're can, if, if you guaranteed to win now, in my opinion, it's worth it. I go back to the Lakers situation, right? They get AD, they win a championship. It might've been the bubble championship, but a championship's a championship, okay? Those fans got to experience something that we've never experienced, and that is what it feels like to have your team win it all, to win the last game of the season. So you leverage your entire future in an effort to do so. But in the interim... The lack of depth on a team because you have to give up so many assets to to do so is something that a team like the Brooklyn Nets, for example, know all too well, right? <laughs> like they were so top heavy in their lineup, which collectively between James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving cost one point or one hundred sixteen point one million dollars for those top three players. They couldn't withstand any other injuries. They were 10 and four when they lost Joe Harris this past year due to an, uh, an ankle injury. He was out for the season. They went 34 and 34 the rest of the season and were swept out of the playoffs because they had no depth. And what I'm saying is acquiring KD, one thing we have to think of is we have to give up a chunk of our depth, which is going to hurt us in the short term, and our long term uh, draft capital, which is something that could be detrimental if the KD situation doesn't work out. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, the depth thing I think is huge for during the regular season. That's where I'm at right now with the depth. Um, yes. it, they kind of were up and down, of course, last year for the Suns. But during the regular season, you just want the rest for these older guys like Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, mm-hmm. even a Devin Booker, right? That would help. If we can do that, we can get the depth to help with that. That's fine. Like that. That's what I'm looking forward to is if we get KD, we can get some guys that can help during the regular season. But the the playoffs, I'm just different. I'm just different where we have that starting lineup if we do keep McHale. That's that's a ridiculous. Starting oh, dude, lineup. it's a it's, ridiculous. Starting it's insane. Lineup. It's 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 like a dream, right? I'm gonna yes. freaking wake up from it. And you know what? What they were playing with Brooklyn too last year. It was such a weird season for them in the playoffs. You kind of saw like how Steve Nash is at out coach, right? Individual basketball. You heard um, Goran Dragic talk about how it just seemed like Ka- uh, Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Durant were just you know playing individual basketball, not playing team yeah. ball. That's not gonna happen here in Phoenix. Phoenix, they play. They're the best team basketball. They're they're not the best basketball team because they don't win it all, but they're the best team during the regular season, right? So, But their depth was just so wishy-washy, even Cameron Payne. So I don't know if Cameron Payne's going to be involved in any kind of trade, but there's a lot that's going to be on his shoulders going into next year to help with Chris Paul. Because if we do get Kevin Durant, we're not going to be able to get a guy like SGA. A lot of people are really talking about Shea Gilders-Alexander being another option for the Suns if the Kevin Durant thing doesn't work out that's our other guard right that's our future yes. guard with with devin booker so if we get kd or we'll sacrifice a depth i just i don't know how much it would matter in the playoffs but just getting to the playoffs now that we know like the regular season doesn't matter and i don't know why I did the 60 we did the 64 moment thing where we have to go back and watch a regular season that didn't no shit didn't shit <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so we just it, that stuff doesn't matter anymore it's about just getting through healthy and getting ready for the playoffs. And well, and I just, again, I like, think that they, they can do that with KD.
0: And and you're right. You know, if, if you want sustained success in the regular season, you need to have depth. The Suns proved that last year. We were a deep team. Ultimately our depth hurt us in the playoffs because those guys just didn't show up in the playoffs. The bench yeah. forgot who the fuck they were in the playoffs. I don't know what happened. They all went out and got COVID together. And then they are just like, eh, we don't know how to shoot the ball anymore. <laughs> you know? And, and I see some of the Jamsters, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving was fasting and barely ate during the playoffs, uh, you know, and, uh, but but I'll say this, like the Lakers are in the same situation as the Nets were. They're a very top heavy lineup with AD, with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, and they couldn't survive their regular in- regular season injuries to the point where they didn't even make the playoffs. The Brooklyn Nets ended as a seven seed because they were so top heavy as from a talent and salary standpoint. Then again, your depth falters due to that. You know, the Suns have gone out and gotten players like Josh Akogi. Like, if Josh Akogi is getting minutes during the regular season, uh, it's not going to be something that's going to be offensively productive. He's a defensive player. Like, he's a specialist. You bring him in for 10 to 15 minutes uh, sporadically to try to take out Trey Young for, you know, 10 minutes or something like that, you know? So it's like, and and that's, you know, very specified role is what the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets had last season. They both failed at it because they couldn't survive injuries. So. I get your point where it's like in the playoffs, if we can get to the playoffs healthy and you have KD, and you have Mikhail and you have Booker, Aiton and fucking Chris Paul, like that team is ridiculous. And and I can't sit here and tell you with a straight face that I, I would say I don't want that lineup. All I'm saying is we have to think that in by sacrificing a bunch of assets on this team currently and in the future by bringing Kevin Durant in, we might not get to the playoffs in a situation that's going to be beneficial for the team because of either their seating or their health injuries entering that. Because to your point, if if the depth is cut out from beneath you, you're going to have to put more – you're going to have to tax those starters, that amazing, sexy, beautiful lineup – you're going to have to tax them a little bit more during the regular season because you know you can't bring in Josh Akogi for 25 minutes to break, you know, Mikhail Bridges and Devin Booker at stretches. You know that Jock Landell, as much as we are excited for him to play, hasn't proven really anything in the NBA yet. He's done it nationally or, or globally in the NBL, but he's not somebody who can come in and, and consistently provide productive minutes, so you're going to have to play Aiton a little bit more, and you're going to have to play, you know, Kevin Durant a little bit more at the four. So again, that's kind of my thoughts on it. And uh, I, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that bringing in Kevin Durant's off the table for me. I'm just saying we got to look at this holistically. And I think that you have to give up a lot of different things in an effort to do so.
1: Yeah, and also last year too, we didn't have a whole, whole lot of blowouts, I feel like. So if we were to have this True. situation where we were top heavy, there would be more blowouts. or We'd have the bench come in with 25, 30-point leads against half the NBA. And I feel like last year too, there, our bench played – probably better than our starters more than half i feel like half the games last year didn't they like i feel like there was always those games where like the bench would come and just play better than the starters like what's wrong with the starters towards the end of the year it seemed like it so i mean we're not going to have that but we will have the blowout leads where like the mike d'antoni era where we played you know the starters so much but i feel like those minutes will be kind of slimmed down a little bit not as much as that but you get the blowouts you put in the bench to see how they do how they can hold up and I think it'll be just enough to really get those victories during the season and not wear out the starters.
0: Yep, yep, I hear you. And I hear John Paul Edward de Dios in the chat. He says, it's a perspective worth pondering, but we need a superstar to win a ring. And I'll tell everyone who's listening and watching this, I am pro-Durant, but it's late July. <laughs> so So it is a perspective worth pondering and I'm going to ponder it, and I'm going to continue to ponder it right now because eh, we need something to talk about. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about is Kevin Durant's ever-changing happiness, and this is a major red flag that exists with Kevin Durant, right? There's a reason that after committing to a team and a fan base for four years, he wants out, and he's a, he has a history of just not being satisfied, and you look at him. He's somebody who was in arguably one of the best situations in NBA history as he was entering his prime He signed with the Warriors as a free agent in 2016. They went to the finals three consecutive times. He won two finals MVPs, and they would have won a third title had he stayed healthy and not blown out his Achilles against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, From a legacy standpoint, it just doesn't get much better than that. I mean, that guy could have stayed with that team, that organization. They probably could have won six, seven in a row. You know, they they had the talent to do so. Um, He took advantage of the fact that, and the Warriors took advantage of the fact that the media rights deal ballooned the salary cap in 2016. They were able to all of a sudden add him. You know, and you can't fault them for doing that, you know. But then there's the whole thing where he started not feeling appreciated in Golden State. And, you know, there was a game in which Draymond Green didn't pass him the ball when the game was tied at 106 against the Lakers and it went to overtime and they got to a scuffle on the court. And, you know, the media was saying that maybe he was going to leave. So he ended up leaving, you know. And, and although he has definitely stated that, playing with Devin Booker, playing for Monty Williams is something that he wants to do. The one thing that scares me about Kevin Durant is if one game on a Tuesday night in Memphis, something doesn't go his way is all of a sudden he, you know, if Devin Booker who looks like he can be an asshole sometimes, especially on the court says something to KD that doesn't hear it hit his ear. Right. Does he all of a sudden want out of here?
1: Yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's
0: talking a- about, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's it's definitely something even Steve Nash said a f- couple years ago where he was a coach uh, assistant with the Golden State Warriors. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with KD, why he's upset. He is upset. I mean, we've seen him on Twitter, but also everyone talks shit about him all the time. So why not be a guy that defends himself? But when it comes to on the court stuff, Draymond's like a different animal, right? Like he's a different guy out there and he will say what he wants to say, right? Depending. I mean, he's won championships, so he can say whatever the hell he wants to Whatever whatever players out there with him battling he can say whatever he wants and he doesn't care about the repercussions he doesn't he doesn't care about that at all so that i think that's different we don't have guys on our team right now that could say anything i feel like booker might booker might be that guy chris paul is absolutely that guy Mm -hmm. but when it comes to the actual game and winning i think kevin durant's just so focused where even when they had that scuffle they were going to win that year if they didn't get hurt, right? they were going to win the championship again yeah. so he can he can be in those scuffles he can every team has arguments right we all see that we all hear about you know there's always things behind the scenes where these players get into arguments and we don't have to see it we don't hear about it so that means it's a good organization to keep it on the on the low down the down low so kevin durant will be in those situations with a lot of guys on this roster but we won't hear about it we might see stuff But I don't I don't care because I think when it comes to the game, man, he's just so focused on winning where he can put it beneath him because he still wants to go out there for his own legacy and win this. It might be selfish, but just like Devin Booker, who wants to be, you know, in his mind, he wants to be like the Joe Rogan of comedy. Like he's I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best out there, whether or not natural given talents or not, I'm gonna be the best guy out there. And Kevin Durant, he's the same way, he's he's gifted. He's a tall motherfucker and he's a guy that can score from anywhere on the court, but he wants to go down as the best player in the NBA history. So having those two guys, whatever happens between any kind of confrontation, confrontation between anybody on the team, it's not going to matter once again on the court. I don't think.
0: I hope you're right. I hope we get them. 40 watchers.
1: Writing. Sorry. <laughs> What's going on? What is everybody in Europe? <laughs> Everyone's on vacation. Everyone's on vacation. Yeah.
0: Um. You know, I'll say this. I- I've come up with those three counterpoints. I wrote that article for bright side of the sun. Please go check that out. Uh, you know, give, give us a thumbs up while you're here as well. I'll say this. Obviously I've thought about all these counterpoints mm. because you should, you're not doing your due diligence and critically looking at a situation. If you're just like, well, yeah, I like Kevin Durant. I like him on our team. The end. No, you got to think about everything all involved. And I'll say this. I still 100% want Kevin Durant on the team, despite all those things I said. I'm just challenging the narrative, right? I'm just challenging the narrative. I'm 100% for Kevin Durant on this team. You know, if it means leveraging our future, if it means a chance, a chance at a title, a chance at a title, like I'm there. And to root for Kevin Durant, to watch Kevin Durant play every day, wearing the purple and orange for the Phoenix Suns would be fucking a dream come true. It's like having Michael Jordan join your team. You know, mm-hmm. it really is. And I don't care if he's 34, because he still has like two more, at least two more years of elite basketball left in him. So I'd still, I just, I want to throw those counterpoints out there. One for conversational pieces to put it out there. And again, to help, you know, help our fellow Suns fans think critically about this situation. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't blindly go into things and go, everything's going to be all right because mm-hmm. we're phoenix suns fans we know that, that if this happens though
1: if this happens where we get KD and we have the four years with him we never win a championship it's over suns fans yeah. leave this franchise. Yeah. there's no winning a championship yeah, so that, that's, that's the, the other I'm side saying, of hard <laughs> everything after all the picks all of that and we give them up for the next five years and let's just, the next six years first round picks we don't have anything It doesn't matter, because whether or not we win or lose, those picks won't matter, because if we lose, we're never going to care about this franchise again. If we win, we won't care about those picks. (laughs) Hey, we got a chip. We don't care. You hearing this, James Jones? You bring KD here, and
0: you win a fucking championship. Just keep Sarge. (laughs) Yeah, keep Sarge, forever and always. So, Matthew, how about you tell us about the bracket of 64, something that you've been championing on our YouTube page, on twitter make sure you follow us at suns jam so you can see that content there tell us
1: what you've been up to putting to this together um well there's 64 wins right last year so it's a bracket i actually got the idea bill simmons talked about 64 something they did a bracket so i'm like oh Suns got 64 wins let's do 64 worthless moments about last (laughs) season where no suns want to watch those videos or anything you know what i mean i just think you know it after the suns lost we were all just sad we're like the regular seasons it's a joke who gives a shit but this is actually regular season postseason even up to this point you know nba uh 2k cover athlete uh devin booker some kendall stuff so it's just 64 of the best moments from last year to date um just voting on in a bracket and i do have a video um i can play i don't know if we can play the song though can we get kicked who cares
0: so for those of you who were only listening and you mm-hmm. couldn't see Matthew had the whole bracket up there kind of breaking down some of the different moments uh, we're putting these out one a day allowing the our, our subscribers on Twitter to go through and just you know give us their thoughts vote on those why don't you walk mm-hmm. us through some of the ones that we have we already have done and, and yeah. where we are you know let, let, let's talk about some of these moments man
1: alright so it is tough to go back and I was actually talking during the video I thought <laughs> And I was on fucking mute the whole time. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like for an example, Cameron Johnson, the game winner went up head to head against a poor Zingus uh, up and under from Booker where Booker, that was a fabulous play, play up and under. It's the number 16 versus number one in the Booker bracket. So of so, course so cam what, Cameron what the Johnson moves on. So there's the Booker bracket, the Al McCoy bracket, 18, eight and bracket and the CP three bracket. Okay. Um, so of course, I mean, there's, there's 32 teams Or I'm sorry, there's 16 matchups in each. Mm-hmm. Um, It's basically like a um, NCAA tournament. So there's going to be so one. How did you determine the seedings? Oh, this is random. So okay. I got, I did the one, two, and three basically of the good moments. And then everything else is just basically random. So if you see a matchup, it's like, why is this number four? Or, like, why is this number six? Or how is this the number 12? Mm-hmm. It's just because it's 64 moments and a lot of it, not a lot of it, but some of them are just kind of like, eh, I guess I'll throw this one in there. Right. So that's why I was going to say Jamsters, if you guys have any ideas, everything is, you know, is up for change. If you have any other ideas for a moment, I can add it in there, switch up the matchups until it hits round two, round two, then it's permanent. But round one, we can switch it up. So there's a few in there. I'm like Tori Craig's return. How special of a moment really is that now? That's a 16. But then how, yeah. there, there <laughs> But is in the a, moment,
0: uh, but in the moment, like we were excited to have Tori Craig come back.
1: We were exactly actually I was excited and then like two weeks later like, damn, I missed sticks. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) But founders
0: like the no sham no shamit
1: bracket, huh? Yeah, there's actually one called Landry Shamit's disappointing season. So and also (laughs) there is one in here too. Um let me see. Oh yeah, none of this matters because Luca beat our ass. So that's one of the moments too. So nice. I'm sure that'll be the one that wins. Um nice.
0: So yeah. So far, which moment has had the highest percentage? Uh, of a win
1: cam cam johnson for sure 96 percent.
0: damn 96 percent. that yeah, was kind I mean, of and that's what's fun that's what's fun about this you know again it's it's the dog days of summer i, I i'm really appreciative of you putting this together matthew because i think it really it, it warrants us going back and trying to remember the good of last season because we were left with such a bad taste in our mouth and we're definitely looking forward to the next season but it, we need to appreciate the 2021-22 Phoenix Suns for what they were, and that was the greatest regular season team in the history of this franchise. And it's interesting as this bracket progresses to see what what the Jamsters will ultimately vote as the number one moment of the 2021-22 season. Can you tell me what the four number one seeds were? You said the Cam Johnson game winner over the New York Knicks, Knicks, that's a number one. What are the other three number one moments?
1: So the other, other... The number one for the Al McCoy bracket. That is the Al McCoy receives Booker's jersey after getting the sixty third win. Oh, what a moment! Uh, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was such a fucking awesome season. Like, the season was crazy awesome. We had so many great moments, and we had so much a lot fun of fun along gear, the way. Odds. like that's what I'm saying. Like, I know it doesn't mean shit, but when you go back and watch this, like, we eventually, when this is all said and done, we'll be like, okay, that was actually pretty cool. That's when I think we'll get a little bit of recognition from this. Is when it's all done. I feel like, holy shit, that was. A lot of moments. But anyways, yeah. So the number one in the Aiden bracket is the Paul Perfect Game in Game 6, 14 for 14. Ooh. And then uh, the number one in the uh, CP3 bracket is sh- the Shut Up Pussy part. Or uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shut Up Pussy. So that's number ones.
0: <laughs> and that one, uh, of the number ones, how many have been voted on?
1: Um, How many of them have been voted on?
0: yeah I mean, because you have oh, the whole so, bracket, but but you're going yeah. day by every day you're releasing a new every matchup. day there's a new matchup,
1: yeah, so it's gonna last the two months where there's gonna be nothing until the Kevin sorry like Kevin Durant's not gonna sign for a while, so we have to find something to do until then, <laughs> so why not just go through this but um, yeah, the shut up pussy that was eighty one percent win over the the Jay Crowder the one 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 stat line game yes. that was pretty cool too, and we love that that was in the playoffs as well, so night, oh, um, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, yeah so so, so
0: how many moments have you put out there? And go through them real quick and just tell them, because what we'll do is next week when we go live uh, right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast on the 31st is we'll just do a recap of this last week. What moments were were, uh, put forth to the Jamsters and what those final voting percentages were.
1: Yeah, so the matchups um so far, the Cha Cha's. So this is the Booker Bracket. The Chachas, cha-chas yeah. Cha Cha's behind Chambers lost to the Cameron Johnson versus Julius Randle fight that happened. Okay. Um, which was pretty sick. That was an awesome moment. Uh the fuck J Crowder um beat the JaVel McGee Skyhook. We saw that a few times in the season. He's done that in the past, but as a Suns fan with McGee, there was always something fun with him. So the fuck J Crowder won that one. Okay. KD and JJ, um JJ Reddick. Um, Love Booker on the podcast lost to the pain uh, dunk that was in the playoffs too. Uh, it came out well, of nowhere. What was the Pelicans. percentage on that one? I don't have the percentage with me right okay. now. Okay, my apologies. Um, so if we move over to let me see the Al McCoy bracket back to that one. So Monty Williams embrace is actually out right now. So the Monty and Willie Green embrace with the whole Suns yes. team after the game six after, loss, after we beat the Pelicans or the victory. Yeah, yeah. That one is currently going up because uh, Jay Crowder lends a hand to Mikael Bridges um, where he does that, you know, the what's up with his tongue thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> the post-game workout which was actually that was a big thing that was a that was actually pretty fun to watch like that was a very interesting moment for the suns where i think they play like back-to-back games or something crazy and they did the post-game workout but that one lost to the mcgee stare down where the pre-game yes uh mcgee was staring at, the, at camera. the camera that was the funniest one to watch that one actually had me laughing a few times because i'm like dude i'm gonna miss mcgee I so am much gonna miss i'm McGee, gonna man. miss that dude um so yeah and then um this was actually an upset right here number 4 jalen Smith the jalen Smith dunk yeah. lost to the Aiden playoff career high 28 points 51% to 4 well 51 to 49 wow so that was a big Oops. upset yeah yeah that was out of the three votes like that was <laughs> that was quite a... <laughs> so yeah yeah so i think i went through them all and uh yeah next week we'll have an update but then God, stay it's... tuned cuz during the week there'll be every day there's going to be a new video on youtube it's a little short they're only 15 seconds you can watch the highlights and the vote on twitter
0: yeah, perfect. So you heard that right here, Jamsters. If you're listening to this podcast, head over to uh, Face or Facebook. Over to uh, we can't even stream on Facebook anymore. Did you know that? Oh, Facebook's, really? Facebook's all weird. Hmm. Like in order to connect this channel to Facebook through Streamyard, it's all fucked up. So we do yeah. it on on Twitch now. Uh, but head over to YouTube, watch these moments that Matthew puts out every day. Head over to our Twitter page and you can vote on them. And you know, you mentioned McGee. It's like, do you feel that the Suns right now are worse off than they were at the beginning at this time last season, roster wise?
1: Oh yeah, it's it's up in the air. Yeah, really I think is, last year we, it? yeah, because we needed the big, we got the big. uh, We ended up getting Bianca later on, but I just I think that the Suns with McGee and McGee's, I don't, he's gonna be a starter in Dallas. That's what Jason Kidd said. So
0: yeah,
1: it's strange because McGee, I always thought he just was so tired all the time, right? He always just seemed like he couldn't go too long. But now he's gonna be a starter. But having that guy as a backup to Aiden was was killer. That was the one thing to put us over the top. Obviously, it didn't work out, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going into the season, I'm just like, uh, eh, we I need still feel else. We're,
0: I, I still feel, feel we are weak at point guard. I don't have faith in campaign right now.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: I feel like we need somebody to fortify behind him and like you got Damian Lee and Josh Akogi, which are two guys who I like I I feel like they're solid players, but I just I don't know what to expect from them yet, so I don't feel like our depth is truly fortified in those areas. Uh and everything else is just kind of the same and again, this is a team that won 64 64 wins last year. So knowing that they're going into the next season with a lot, with the the majority of their assets intact, knowing that the majority of their assets are young assets. So they will progress and they're entering their primes. Like that should be enough to give me confidence that this team is better, but like losing people like McGee, uh, it does kind of hurt. And and, and I'm looking forward to see what Jock Landell brings. I want to see what this kid has. You know, he's somebody who, uh, Played in the NBL, won a championship in the NBL. Uh, before that, he he won a, uh, a championship, I believe, in Lithuania. So I mean, this, the guy's kind of well traveled and has a, a championship pedigree. I just I haven't seen it equate to the uh, to the NBA. And, and like Fabio says, Dario's back. So I guess we're not as bad off as we need. As, I mean, as, as we all
1: thought. last season when we lost him in the in the finals. I mean, we ended up losing the series. So who knows? Um, and then plus, so uh, just really good. Before I forget, Ish Wainwright. Mm-hmm. Game against the Spurs last year. That's another moment. So I'll add that. I'll just take That's out just- like something stupid that I put in there. So <laughs> there's a good moment. Thoughts. Of-
0: um brains. So looking at other things around the NBA, around sports in general, uh, let's talk about those Cardinals helmets, man. What do you think yeah. about the Arizona Cardinals? So, for those of you who didn't see, they released their new helmet today. Uh it's a mm. all black helmet with a black face mask. It's got like little red flakes, I guess, in the <laughs> in the blackness of the helmet. And the Cardinals logo itself has a little 3D look to it. Uh, what are your thoughts on it?
1: You know, I don't mind the logo. Um, this is just it's really weird. I think that the flakes thing, I don't think a lot of fans will like it later in the season. They'll be like, okay, like that's that's enough of that shit. I think it's going to be a weird kind of thing because they're red flags like litter, right? Like from yeah, a strip club kinda, or something like. Kind of. So, the thing is that drives me nuts with this. It's like it's a cool logo. I mean, it's a cool helmet. It's cool, but then I think about the the uniforms themselves. Like those need to be updated too to yes. go along with these, right? It's just not going to match. Like I feel like the Cardinals keep adding shit to the uniforms or something, and then if they keep just adding things instead of just redoing it all, it's always going to look very strange and never match. Um, but I. I kind of like the logo. I think it's kind of. I just. I don't think that's Carl's fans towards the end of the year are going to like it very much. Right now, it's cool because there's not the white. Well, yeah, exactly. If the Cowboys did, if the Cowboys did something like this all black with blue specks or blue flakes. I'd be like, what? This is fucking football, dude. Like, it's not college <laughs> football. Like, just get a decent NFL helmet that looks good. It can be basic
0: but no yeah, the Cardinals fans are desperate and you know, the Cardinals released it. I I was sitting at uh, auto nation USA today. I was selling my old Dodge Rammed, which took way too long. So I was, you know, just kicking it on Twitter <laughs> and I saw it. And you know, my first comment is I, I I'm like, this is lazy. It's just, it's black. Like Everybody's doing black right now. The jets, they have a new black because, because it's the first season in which helmets they can have alternate helmets again. It, uh, it's the first time since I think like 2013. So, the the Panthers, they're doing an all black one. And the Jets are doing an all black one. I think the Eagles are doing an all black one. And now it's like, ooh, the Cardinals are doing an all black one. Ooh, but it's got little red flakes. So like my initial response was something along the lines where it's just like, this is lazy. Like it's it's uh it's black, but at this point I'll take anything because the Cardinals I think have some of the worst helmets in the entire league. It's just it's boring. And I mean, people lit me up, they like, it's not black, it's not all black it's there's red flakes in there i'm like ooh, ah like you said like red flakes Ooh, that changes <laughs> yeah, everything it's yeah. like it's just black it's like i did see one i did see some that were a concept where it was red and the face mask was yellow and i like that because it kind of looked like the cardinals logo red and yellow on the beak and people were dogging that take they're like oh, it looks like mcdonald's you know it's like hard that.
1: with that logo though right i think it the is. logo just kind of just the whole but thing do, just needs I to I be. I do redone. like what
0: they did with the logo because it does have kind of a 3D look to it, and it's changed yeah, just enough to yeah. where it looks it looks better than it did before. But I just I was so, so surprised. I'm like, wow, Cardinals fans are just so desperate to have anything different that they're like the black with the red flakes. It looks great, and to your point, it's like it's not college football, you know, like look mean now granted I don't think Cardinals fans will be tired of it because we'll see it I think twice in the preseason and then one time during the regular season that's all it's only one time yeah it's a color rush it's when they do their color rush thing so Uh, you know every team is putting out these new uniforms and they're all going to wear them just one time a year and I like that they're doing this but again I just I thought that again I'm happy with it because it's anything's different I am I'm a typical Cardinals fan so I don't give a shit but if the if the Suns did something like this right if they did like an all-black jersey and had like these little purple flakes on it you know, like a glitter bomb, you know, like they were hanging out at the titty bar and all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, Mercedes dropped some glitter bomb on them. Mercedes, you know, it's a good stripper name. My daughter's name. Huh? There you go. Huh? What? (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you know, and then they wore those, those jerseys to the arena. I think we'd make fun of them. I think we would because the, the the sons have a history of putting forth some pretty cool concepts some pretty lame ones, but some pretty cool concepts. And I just think that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my it's take just on that. It's weird.
1: Okay. It's weird. The Cowboys are bringing back their white helmets with the blue star, which are which my favorite helmets. for them.
0: Yeah, those are your favorites. And I know you have a Cowboys jersey that's like the ones that they wear with those. Like yeah. Those are, those yeah, are nice it's a jerseys, good, one. too. So. Just
1: get it right. I think the Cardinals, they're never going to win unless they redo everything and get a good look out there. And Amen. just that's basic and solid.
0: Frank Brown in the chat he says, how about the Bengals alternative white helmet? That looks good. I think that looks Do You like that one? I do. It's like a Siberian tiger. Tough.
1: Yeah, I know. It is. Um... I don't know. The Bengals are always weird for me. I just, I kind of, it's a hard one to do with the stripes. It just doesn't look good to me ever. I don't know why. Yeah. Just doesn't fit. I like the Bengals, but their uniforms, the white helmets, we'll see on the field.
0: Matthew Joyce Entertainment says, I don't see any red in them at all. I'm like, yeah, you have to look really close. But the people on on Twitter look really close. They free framed it and they're like, see, there's red in there. What is wrong with you? Can't you ever be happy? Like I could be happy. No,
1: because you know why we're not really happy with this? Because what they should do is have a lot of concepts out there for people to vote on, or something yes. like There's Make no reason the to wear this is all hidden and it comes out. Oh, this is what you get. This is this is what you get for the next few years. It's like really like we were lucky with the valley jerseys, right? We were, we I think were up man. to that point. We were just like, What's gonna happen? We're never excited with anything. And then the Valley jerseys hit. we're like, Oh fuck, that was awesome! But then it yeah. rarely happens, man.
0: Well, it's like Low Sun says in the chat. He goes, "Except if the new Suns uniform, the blue ones are true. Those are garbage." Which I agree with. The teal, take, yeah, like the teal ones that have. Just I like the, those.
1: Do you really? Yeah. Tell I me have about teal this, hat. Matthew.
0: Um, you, okay, you. Oh, that's why you like it because you already have. The I think teal it's going to look good.
1: It's going to look good on the players but on the court. It's going to
0: have the little shitty Suns logo right. And that's in the, middle the only thing I don't like. That you yeah. hate.
1: That's the only thing I don't like. I do like the teal though. I think it'll look good. It's different and. Um, I don't know. I like the teal color right now. I don't know what it is. The last few years, I've kind of liked it, and if they can kind of change that, the Suns logo in the middle, then I'll be very happy. But right. I don't mind it, man. I think that's, it looks pretty cool. If it's going to be different, that's we have you on the podcast because you go
0: with the you. You always go against the grain. I'll probably
1: get. I'm going to say I'm going to get one of those and never get a jersey, just like know. always. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: closing out the show, is there anything new that you're watching? I know we talked about this last week. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Dervish of Whirl. From mm-hmm. fanning the flames, he texts me. He's like, "Hey, man, you got to ch- check out the Bear on Hulu," and I've the really bear. been enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a show about a guy who worked at a place like the French Laundry, which is a very upscale, high high class restaurant. And he goes back to Chicago to assist in running his family sandwich shop after he, like his brother killed himself. Which sounds like a morbid uh, show, but it's actually kind yeah. of entertaining. I enjoy it because I work in the food and beverage industry, so it's like. Seeing people, you know, utilize terminology that I utilize every day, Mm -hmm. Uh, and kind of it's it's an entertaining show on Hulu. So thanks to thanks to Paul for recommending that one.
1: You know what's nice is I don't have Hulu anymore. I don't have a login, so I'll have to uh, borrow. Maybe actually buy an account because I I miss it's always sunny. But I watched. um, Oh, that's on
0: all the time in our house. We were watching it again. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Shannon always sends me like photos of like certain parts. Frank hanging. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was. So there's a new show on HBO called The Rehearsal from Nathan Fielder. Um, I watched that. It's a little different. So it's basically about first episode is just I don't want to give away too much, but it's a guy that's nervous about giving away a secret or telling telling. No, I'm sorry. It was a lie he had for 20 years with this group of people that are his friends. He wants to tell the, the actual truth. So what they do is they rehearse the moment over and over and over again, with like an actor that plays the people that he's gonna be telling the truth for. Like it's, and then they like redo like the whole setting. So if he's gonna go, he goes to a bar, they remake the whole bar and they act it all out. And then he actually goes through with the the situation. So it's, it's very different. Um, I think it's good. I give it like an eight out of 10. It, it's cool. It's just very, very out there. Is it on it's just, what, what you said? It's on HBO. It's on HBO. Yeah, HBO. Yeah
0: nice yeah maybe i'll check that out did you have you seen the new thor
1: no you didn't like it did you well what makes you think that because shannon said that you guys (laughs) didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) and honestly like usually do you guys agree about like disliking movies uh
0: no not always like i thought tenant was really good and she thought it was the stupidest fucking movie she ever seen (laughs) um no i just like following ragnarok is tough man That's like hard. Thor Ragnarok is a fantastic movie and and this one although as, as typical Marvel movies are the action's fantastic the story's decent and they just they try a little too hard to make it funny and it's just maybe it's just the mood I was in when I saw it I wasn't in the mood to necessarily roll around and laugh at Taika mm-hmm. Waititi's jokes but it just it, it some of the stuff just didn't land with didn't land with me but uh, it's definitely worth seeing i mean it's you know I mean, that's the only uh-huh. thing to see in movie theaters anymore are Marvel movies.
1: That's all there is. There's maybe too much. I'm I'm excited for. Um, I think X Men's gonna be kind of thrown out there now with the Marvel universe pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to that. that yeah,
0: we'll we'll see what that's like.
1: But right now, I'm kind of just overwhelmed with them. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's too much. It's a little too much. So, well, I think on that note, we'll go ahead and we'll get out of here. We'll thank everybody for joining us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Reminder, stop by the YouTube page, watch the moments in the bracket of 64 uh, <laughs> that Matthew's putting together. Go to Twitter, at Suns Jam, to vote on them. You can follow me on Twitter, at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter.
1: At Matthew Lucy.
0: And we will be back this time next week, next Sunday, 8 p.m. Arizona time, to talk about what's ever going on uh, with the Phoenix Suns, unless Kevin Durant decides to join the team in uh, before then. Then we'll go live then.
1: But until yeah. then... Until then, go vote or die, or go love your family. Go home and love your family. They go go home and love my family. It's not a one.